We are not sports censor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Debate Amongst Friends. I am the Professor John Guiding. My co-host over here is Doc Leesner, the podcasting beast, and we're ready to provide you with another fun edition of sports news, analysis, and the reads. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning back in. You didn't have to listen to us, but we appreciate you coming back to listen to Debate Amongst Friends. Doc, 32 teams entered. Only two are left standing, and we will have a new National Basketball Association champion soon. The NBA Finals are set. Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. Western Conference champions, the Los Angeles Lakers, Doc. What are your thoughts about these playoffs? LeBron is the greatest. I mean, He's the greatest to ever do it. I mean, obviously, and if you There's say anything otherwise. I mean, obviously, I mean, anyone who, who have any kind of... Uh, argument against him or have any kind of critical comment against him is obviously a hater. Or living um, in a fantasy world. He's the greatest. I mean, there's nothing else to do. I think it's time for us to stop kidding ourselves and just accept that LeBron, despite the Jordan era that we experienced so many years ago, I think it's time for us to put down our magic air juice and just accept the fact that there's a new vampire in LA and his name is LeBron James. I'm just saying, it's just his time. I think we should just stop it. We should just knock it off. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. I mean, he get calls all the time. He's developed a jumper. He's been dunking on people for God knows how many years. 17. The only thing we can say that he did wrong was leave his hometown and run to Miami for a college break, I guess he called it, the decision. And um, I don't even – I'm not even going to say he gets calls because, I mean, James Harden gets calls. Like, that's getting calls. We're not going to talk about James Harden. Exactly. <laughs> right now. Um, so, I, like I said, I'm tired of hating on him, um, even though I don't think I have been. But I think I'm just going to go ahead and drink the LeBron Kool-Aid and say he's the great LeBron-y, the LeBron James that everybody claims to be. I was trying to go with the, you know, Shaq kind of the great shaq or something, but LeBron is the great, man. I mean, I'm not going to say the greatest Laker. I know you said nobody better not dare say that. Um, but, I mean, he's one of the best basketball players at this point to ever lace him up. Doc, we live in an era where we are complete victims of the moment. I'm not saying this about LeBron James, but let me get my point across. We are all victims of the moment, and we change our mind so frequently in the sports world. It's actually kind of sickening if you really think about it um 
when it comes to LeBron James, I have been on record saying that he's the greatest athlete. I still would like to say as far as generational talent, he is the best of this current generation of players, hands down. I never denied that. But so for some reason, the amount of supporters for LeBron is mind-boggling in a sense. Um, if you mention rings, people start talking about competition. When you mention number of uh, of accolades, you know they still mention competition, which is weird. Um, a lot of players that we watched growing up, especially in the '90s, like they can ball, like they can ball, like they're not the you know sharpshooters that we have now. We we can we can definitely admit that, but that's called boys and girls change of the game, like the way the game is played in 2020 isn't the way it was played in 2010. It wasn't played the same way in 2000. It wasn't played the same way in 1990, 1980s, 1970s. And, you, and you, you get the point. So I, as much as I like to jokingly agree with Doc, I will still say that he is the greatest generational talent of this current generation. But... I would say he would be top five. I wouldn't say he's number one. I feel like it would be disrespectful for those that came before him that helped lead that way. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, as we like to say jokingly, um, this is this is the era of the casual fans, folks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... We're all just living in it. So those who do have the basketball knowledge, and, and it kind of speaks more towards our society, unfortunately. You know, people just want to argue. And people just want to yell to get their point across or, you know, cast judgment or insult people instead of having logical conversations. Like, like we, we like, like think, think about like us going to like the barbershop. And people talk about sports in the barbershop. Yeah, they can get rowdy, but like we can have concrete points come across and people could come to consensus about things. Now, no, everyone's just bullheaded. And and they just they just don't understand that there are uh discrepancies in LeBron James's game. And this is the things that we're looking at. We're not saying that he's a scrub. We're just saying you need to put respect on other people's names that are ahead of him in this GOAT conversation. And I think for me personally, I think I'm finished talking about GOATs and buying because I feel like we have overglorified it that it doesn't mean what it means anymore. I can agree with that part. Um, so here's what I think. I think LeBron has surpassed or honestly, I think LeBron has surpassed Michael in regards to skill. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that we, we all would have to point out. I think he's surpassed LeBron. Uh, excuse me. He's surpassed Jordan. In skills. I would say yeah. 
in, in skills. Um, I would say that he might have surpassed Kobe in athletic and defensive skills. Kobe was a great defender, but I think LeBron tops him defensively um, because LeBron's just a great defender. I think Kobe was a good defender also, but I think in defensive terms, I think LeBron has kind of topped him. Of course. Um, I still think that there are some, you know, the Wilts, the Kareem, that, that just had better offensive game. Um, Olajuwon, you yep. know, several people that just have better offensive games. Shaq, you know. But defensively, you know, although those guys were great, I think LeBron, LeBron being able to guard one through five kind of challenges them in a way that they couldn't have performed at that particular time. Now, are are we also accounting the way the game is being played, though? Well, yeah, the thing about also the game has evolved, and we would say that in both a positive and a negative exactly. way. Exactly. Where I think LeBron could have easily played against Olajuwon. He might have struggled against Akeem, of course. Yeah. Uh, but he would have been able to at least – Match up with Halajuan, Ewing, David Robinson. Physically, he would have been yeah, matched with those bigs. Um, obviously, if LeBron with the same skills is playing in the nineties, he probably would have had more injuries. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's unfortunately one of the things that a lot of people who would criticize LeBron James would point to like it was a way physical league <laughs> but i don't know if his i think he would still be in this conversation of yeah. hey we got to stop that guy now here's the other part that i think is why lebron gets i guess the pass and and is why people talk about him so much oh, over the last we'll just say 2000s okay all the first round, the first overall picks in the 2000s, with the exception of Yao Ming and maybe Dwight, I guess. No, 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 no. That's all I'm saying. No. I mean, Dwight, early Dwight was really good. He was good. Early Dwight. Dwight now, I don't know what happened to him, but Dwight, Dwight first, from like year three on. That's what I'm saying. So even yeah. the first three years, those three first-round picks after him weren't great. So you think about it. Yeah, but that speaks Everybody, more on bad GM work right there. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, But if you got to think about it like this, these are number one overall picks. Absolutely. LeBron James was. This is LeBron's. He's in the 2000s, right? Yep. Everybody in the 2000s, with the exceptions of – I can't even say that. Everybody in the 2000s has – some type of baggage, whether it be injury, whether it be, you know, not being able to get playing time, being mm -hmm. traded. Yep. LeBron is really the only person in the last 20 years to really say, hey, you know, I've dominated this whole time. Like every single person has struggled in a way that we just can't even fathom you know you can't you can't even like make an excuse for them with the exception of maybe greg odin but his body just failed him yeah which happened um, since he was in ohio state right uh, but everybody struggled you know and lebron every year 
he just kept getting better. So yes. it's like we criticized him for leaving, but it's like at the end of the day, the league was changing. People were scared of the Celtics. We understand. I get it. And I'm not giving him a pass, but, you know, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you got to win the championship. That's the goal. And then he went back, played with Kyrie. They got themselves a championship. Yeah. And he said, hey, I need to go make this money because I'm not going to be able to play forever. And he goes to the Lakers. Anthony Davis says, hey, I'm tired of losing. You know, I'm going to pull a LeBron and I'm going to go to the Lakers. He could have went anywhere, but he, he went could've. to the Lakers. Yep. Um, I think the problem that I have with this whole thing, you know, we can get off the goat talk. Yeah. Um, we, we, let's, uh, we figure, let's, let's get this whole thing out of the way so we can actually talk yeah. about the game. Um, I think uh, that there's a lot of disrespect on Anthony Davis's name. Oh, 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 please tell them, Doc. Oh, we, we talked about this off the podcast a lot. Please set the record straight. I feel like when people talk about the Lakers winning, the first thing they do is say, well, LeBron dot, dot, dot. Although LeBron is scoring, he's assisting, he's rebounding, without Anthony Davis, I don't think they get past even the Rockets. I and that's, that's that. just my personal opinion. I mean, I no. know I'm a Rockets fan, so it no. sounds no. biased. But... I can objectively say that I don't think the Lakers would have gotten past Houston. They wouldn't have got past Houston without Anthony Davis no. because, I mean, Anthony Davis, I mean, he just was the catalyst. I mean, you think about it like this. Anthony Davis in game three, 34 points, 10 yep. rebounds, four assists. I mean, granted, LeBron had a good game, but you need Anthony Davis there for LeBron to be successful. Exactly. And I think that's where the knock is. It's like, how can he be the greatest when he always needs a role player, quote unquote, or another star uh, to actually win? And I guess that's where the GOAT conversation used to kind of get a little debatable. Yes. Um, but obviously the Lakers beat the Rockets with Anthony Davis. The Lakers then went on to beat the Nuggets, who Anthony Davis hit a big shot. That's why I said it easily could have been easily could have been going to game six instead of it being over. Anthony, Davis, Anthony Davis doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't end, you know, doesn't hit this big, big shot, shot at the end of the game. Yep. You know, could have easily been 2 1 Nuggets rather than 2 1 Lakers. And then the Lakers would be battling back down 2 1, and we would have been going into game six. Yep. Um, but Anthony Davis hits the shot. So I think that's the only thing. I think the people that are around LeBron uh, should get more credit, you know. And I, I think I told this to some of my team, my team members. Um, somebody said, oh, you know, LeBron, without LeBron, this team, you know, was stinking. I was like, I was like, it's not that they would be terrible. Nope. They may not score as many points because the people on the team are legit role players. I mean, 
they they wouldn't score. You know, as as much of a, a as much of a magician as Rondo is, the teams wouldn't score without LeBron. With Anthony Davis there, as you saw last season, like you know, they have some potential, but without LeBron, there's no real threat. Exactly. You know, they can just double team Anthony Davis and call it a day. But I don't know if I would say that the team the team is a full of bunch of scrubs. I, I hate when people would say that. So that's the one thing I would say is that LeBron needs those guys just as much as they need LeBron. And they they have a tough task ahead of them against this Miami Heat team, uh, which I'm hoping that people aren't just kind of looking past. I think a lot of people are already starting to look past. Um, I've seen predictions where they had Lakers in five, Lakers in four. Um, people are already popping champagnes figuratively. And I had the Celtics beating the Heat, so I don't know how they – I mean, I really thought the Heat did not have what it took to beat the Celtics team. That Celtics team is really, really good. Really, really My good. Opinion. And, it, and really, really you know, team. recapping their season real quickly, I think they're one piece away. Hopefully they, they, they need get a the piece. Right piece. Yes. Not the, they the right piece because if they bring the wrong piece in, that whole thing can tumble down. Exactly. But I mean Miami, we're talking back. we're talking scrappy, defensively heavy. I mean, and it's just a, a group of players who, you know, they they listen. And they have all the things that people say about their team on their little bulletin board, you know, and Doc speak about this a lot in football. You know, this is what Miami does. You know, that's pretty much the way that they operated and watching them play, you know, it ain't fancy, but it's, it's, it gets it done. And it's so funny that um, JJ Redick uh, mentioned on his podcast this week that mm-hmm. this is eerily similar to the 2004 Pistons. And how apropos that the finals is against the Lakers. So that's a thing. Here's another thing. You about to have three guys that I have seen in the past really, really take it to LeBron. That's Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, and the GOAT Andre Iguodala. And I think Iguodala, who's seen LeBron several times. Yep. Um is ready for the task. Jay Crowder. And then of course Jimmy Butler. With the surprising guard trio of Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, and Tyler Hero. Um, I really think they hopefully they have another big to bring in. Like I know they have Solomon Hill. I'm hoping that they have another forward to bring in to kind of match up and get some rebounds, but mm-hmm. well, they got Bam, too. Well, yeah, but all right, Bam is only one man. I mean, you got Dwight, you got freaking Anthony Davis, you got freaking JaVale McGee, so I mean, I'm hoping that they have at least one more forward or center that they can just bring in from out of nowhere, RKO style, um, and really, really help him, but them guys are going to give LeBron a fit, so oh, yeah. this is where the role players uh, the Lakers are really going to have to step up and make some shots um, because they're going to be all over LeBron. 
And LeBron, yeah, that's why he was sitting on the floor while the confetti was falling because he's like, he knows he's about to be in a war for a war. Like Spo- Eric Spoelstra, which is another thing I want to talk about. Thank you. Eric Spoelstra is going to bring. He's going to say, "I know LeBron, I know him," and he's going to be. I mean, this former video coordinator. You yeah, know, I, like, I love these these storylines suddenly that just suddenly <laughs> popping up about all these players on the Heat. Well, they got to build up the story. I mean, I, I don't blame them for that. I mean, no, I blame the media for that. The problem is, no. mm, mm, mm. I'm not going to so like media. It. I you don't like it. I I would like it if the energy was the same all around, like you as they're progressing. The Lakers? No, 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 no. The opposite, but we won't get into that. But as you were saying about Eric, I'm saying they're not they're doing it for the Heat, though. That's why I don't get what you're saying now. But once again, besides the point, we're not going to get into that. That's TMZ type level stuff. No, 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 no. No, it's okay. They're doing it for the Heat. It's all right. I'm not going to say anything about it anymore. Let's continue on. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, did you see him rob you of his thoughts? Well, obviously, they're going to have to pay for that. I'm joking, folks. I'm joking. Wow, he moved on to Cincinnati on you guys. We're moving on to Cincinnati. We're moving on to Cincinnati. (laughs) Well, anyway, yeah, I think the Heat will will give them trouble. But ultimately, I mean, he's the best player in the world. I I don't know. I don't know. So is that a prediction, Doc? I don't have any predictions. Doc, I feel like yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, the Lakers showed dominance. They only lost three games throughout this whole yeah. thing. Uh, Miami lost four games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the Lakers are the heavy favorites. Miami, of course, is the other dogs. They don't want to call themselves the other dogs. Don't call me an underdog. Mm-hmm. My prediction is, Doc, I don't care who wins. I don't care who wins. Because, Doc, what is it that I keep saying? What is it that I keep saying about these playoffs? Asterisk? It's going to be an asterisk for any other team that's not the Lakers if they win. You know, it don't have to be like that. It doesn't have to, but it will be. It will be. Here's, Here's where I think the Heat have a little bit of an advantage. And I know people are gonna, you know, laugh at me and no, mock me in the no. streets. Talk to the people. You know, I know you moved on to Cincinnati, but people are gonna mock me for speaking out loud and giving my full opinion. But I think the Heat beating the Bucks the way they did was the gas lighting that they needed to make this run to mm-hmm. the championship. I can and agree with that. I know I know that Giannis is not to the offensive caliber that LeBron is. But I think the Heat will probably treat him like LeBron and try and isolate him, neutralize him, really. Did you just say neutralize? I did. They're going to try to neutralize LeBron, similar to how they did um the Greek freak, even though he really still dominated them, he didn't, I guess, make the necessary 
moves to yeah. win the game. He didn't. Um, he didn't make so the that, proper adjustments. Yeah, so I think that's what they're hoping for. And honestly, it's probably going to come down to, you know, Spolstra out coaching Vogel, I guess. This Vogel, this is Vogel's like for this is the first time here, isn't it? Yeah, as a coach, yes. As a head coach, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we were all kind of surprised that they even chose Vogel in the beginning, and you know, so. Um, Once again, we'll that's why I don't. I don't. I. It's hard for me to care because I know what's going to happen based off of which team's going to win. It's sad because I love it's my favorite sport, but they ruined the fun for us. Ooh. Who ruins the fun? The media. I don't know. I think you give them way too much power. No, I think I, I think I need to give them way. Well, here's the problem. We have a generation of sports listeners or watchers casual, casual fans too. who fans. take what these personalities as gospel and regurgitate it versus someone like doc five-star coyote Meltzer over here who watched the game who does the analysis on it and could come up with conclusive and analytical reasoning behind his statements but i also said i was going to become a casual fan exactly because Uh, it got to that point to where it's just better just to be a casual fan well that's because of certain teams general managers not doing what i need them to do (laughs) um but also it's just um like i said sports just doesn't have the it's not had nothing to do with the media for me sports just doesn't have the you know the excitement you know that it once had not because of so much of COVID, but no, you know, it no, just it, this, this happened way before phones. COVID, folks. Way before, yeah. And we can blame the referees. We can blame a whole bunch of things. It's a lot. Ultimately, ultimately, it probably would be more beneficial for the NBA if this was a quote-unquote fixed game to have the Heat win. Um, give them the asterisk and then let the Lakers run it back next year, I guess, where you have a full season, blah, 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 whole new bubble, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you got to be careful about, you know, talking about booking decisions because, you know, there's another company that's stealing the ideas from a small uh, federation. (laughs) Well, I don't have anything to do with that. So I don't even want to bring that up because I have nothing to do with that. Uh, But... I don't want the the Lakers to get this quote unquote asterisk, even though most casual fans aren't. They're not gonna. Them. No, no, they're not. Gonna I don't give think. Them I don't think casual fans are gonna give anybody anything. I think they're just happy to have basketball, and um, if the Heat win, they win. Which that's a pretty good team, man. I mean, I don't. I, don't I feel like, like people not giving us. I I really enjoyed watching this Heat Celtics series, honestly. Like and you yeah, hit me yeah. like I really enjoyed watching this series. No, it was a good series. No, um, just just like how I really enjoyed watching the Nuggets Jazz series as well. Like I really enjoyed those two. Was probably my two favorite series of this playoffs. 
I mean, the Lakers and Nuggets were pretty good. I mean, it was a pretty good series. It just it just didn't turn out. The Nuggets just went cold in the fourth quarter. And, well, the game and, and, that and the that's won. the other problem, too. And we'll move on to the next subject. But, um, like, that's pretty much been the theme of these playoffs is a team just gets cold. And that's it. And that's why I, I've been saying that I didn't think that the Lakers – um, had any convincing wins to me. Like, it it was never convincing. That's why, I like, a team like the Heat, who has won convincingly over several teams, I don't – I haven't seen them really go cold, you know, even in their loss to – the losses to the Celtics. Yep. I didn't see them, like, really go cold. Or even know, the loss to the Bucks. Yeah, it just didn't, you know, it just didn't go their way. Um, but I think they're going to come and bring it to the Lakers, and the Lakers better not sleep on the heat or they're going to wake up with sunburn. I saw what you did there. With that, folks, we're going to be right back with more Debate Amongst Friends right after this. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Doc, Helen called me into the office and... You know, she told me that uh, I won't be here for much longer. We're just going to move on. Doc, I'm joking. I'm actually talking about the Los Angeles Clippers who parted ways with head coach Doc Rivers after seven seasons, Doc. Was it breaking news? Yes. But did Doc and Prof say it on this show before it happened? You dang right we did. Yeah, and uh, you know what it is. It's hard to, I guess, even make up an excuse. There's no excuses. You, know, you, you sign, you know, a great player in Kawhi Leonard, and then you make the franchise-shifting trade to get Paul George, which kind of flops. And... I mean, personally, I didn't feel like they needed to do that. I think had they not done that, they probably wouldn't have lost, you know, that series. I think if they had, you know, Gallinari and Shai Gidris-Alexander and, yep. you know, those players that they actually traded away, I think with Paul George, it probably would have played better. And this is obviously hindsight 2020. Of course. Um, but Doc Rivers – you know, having multiple rosters, you know, having Paul George, excuse me, having Chris Paul all those years yep. previously, having Blake Griffin, you know, you had, you know, DeAndre Jordan, you had all these guys, you know, now you got, you know, all these players, and they have some really, really good players. On their Very roster. good players. A lot of them can actually start for other teams. Yeah, I think this is the year where it's like, okay, it's been seven years, you've taken us but so far. I think it's time to say and bid adieu. I mean, it's essentially the same situation as what happened with Houston. Like, it was a length of time for things, I'm thinking, as far as not getting to that next level. To that next level. I don't know. I don't want to go there. Yeah, okay. So you know, you know, okay. Just we go won't with, go there. Uh, let's go with the. Uh, 
anybody else. Uh, let's, let's not go there. Yeah, it's not because I don't think Mike D'Antoni had a fair shot. Yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> let's go with the. Let's see. Potential uh, destinations for him then? Oh, um, I mean, I'm sure the Bulls are kicking themselves for hiring a coach so soon. I'm sure the Knicks are mad. Like, you know, these are teams that probably would have loved to have Doc Rivers as a coach. Um, Obviously, you have to say that Houston, you know, Oklahoma City, Mm -hmm. I don't think they hired somebody. Um, You still got the Pelicans. Um, You know, who knows? I mean, the Pacers, too. Yeah, the Pacers. I mean, who knows? Think about it. Brooklyn hired Steve Nash. You know, like imagine like Brooklyn would have been like, oh, my God, let's get Doc Rivers in here with these stars. Like, oh, it would have been perfect. Who knows? Maybe maybe the Celtics said, hey, Brad Stevens, we no, tried the gonna, young guy. I don't think they're going to do that. We need to bring the old guy back in. He's smarter. He might be slower, but hey. He's a full time basketball coach, baby. I don't think I don't think Boston's gonna happen. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that's yeah, gonna Boston's happen. not gonna happen. That's um, disrespectful to Brad Stevens, who has been doing an incredible it, job in his tenure. Hey, but it's been but it's been years and he's taken him to the same exact spot that Doc has. The same exact what? spot. What? He hasn't made it to no finals. He's made it to the conference finals. So was, I mean, Doc's made it to the conference finals, didn't he? But these Clippers, no. He's never made it to the conference finals ever. Not with the Clippers. We're talking about years? we're talking about the Clippers. No. Well, he, think about it like this: you had the Super Soaker Warriors, <laughs> you had the Run and Gun Rockets. Helen, Helen I mean, peeked out of her door right there. She just had to make sure that everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, obviously he he struggled, but I don't know why I feel like the Clippers made it at least one time to the conference finals. No, but I could be. I mean, but hey, listen, I still think that it was time for them to move on. Yes. Um. But Brad Stevens, I mean, eventually they're gonna have to. Get yeah. Him. Eventually they're gonna make a move on him, but it's not like now. I think it'd be way too soon to do that. So I would say that if you're Houston, you have to at least take a look. Yeah. You know, like Houston, I can see. Um, New, uh, New Orleans, I can see. Um, see, OKC is going to be interesting because they want to re-sign Chris Paul. And depending on you know what articles you read, um, that may or may not be beneficial uh, initially because of the way that Chris Paul left LA. So that one's going to be a question mark. We got to see what Chris Paul wants to do and whether or not either they decide to reconcile or Chris Paul's like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I'm probably going to go somewhere else. Um, what was the other teams that you said? We um, can go to Houston. You got... Um, you still have um, Indiana, I believe you said. Yeah, Indiana as well, which I think could be a really good move. But Victor Oladipo looking to leave, but getting Doc will reopen that conversation to see if Oladipo want to stay. And then you have him going to coach Zion. I feel like that might be the most. I think that might actually be it. Out of all of them, like 
I would love to see him in Houston. I think that they can actually make better noise than with D'Antoni, which once again, not not a knock against D'Antoni. I think he did an incredible job with them and helped lead a new way we play basketball today in the NBA. But getting the opportunity to play with a generational talent like Zion Williamson, yeah, if I'm Doc Rivers, yeah, I'd probably want to coach there. The last team, I guess, is the 76ers. I don't know what the heck 76ers wants to do. Well, it sounds like they want Mike D'Antoni, not because of the whole James Harden thing, but just they, I think they just want to play faster, I assume. I think they want Mike D'Antoni for James Harden. I don't think so. I thought that was uh, media baiting at its finest. I think they feel like James Harden was only relevant, and this is just speculating. This isn't me saying this. This is not John Gotti saying this. We believe you. But I believe they're saying that James Harden was only relevant because of Mike D'Antoni's system, which is completely untrue. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I don't believe that. I think that because I think that James is fine with Mikhail. Yep. You know, he's fine again with the I personally, coaches that I've- I personally thought his best time was with Mikhail. We had a great time with Mikhail. I thought it, the only problem was that. James came in out of shape. Yep. And um, he just wasn't ready to work, you know. Uh, but I don't know. But I think um, he definitely has um, – and by he, I mean Doc Rivers. He definitely has his work cut out on him. He had to look at all the rosters. Personally, from the outside looking in, I wouldn't choose the Rockets because they got no money. Nope. They got a, a small ball roster. Yep. You know, and uh, what are you supposed to do with that? I think with the – the Pelicans, at least you know you have a young roster. You have some pretty good pieces there. You got if some really good pieces there. Yeah, for me, it would either be the Pelicans or I would go east, go back east, and just take over Indiana, even with uh, Oladipo threatening to leave because they yeah. still have a pretty good team with or without Oladipo because um, he hasn't been there anyway. So I think if um, we was to rank it based off those four teams, number one is New Orleans for me. Number two is Philadelphia. Number three would be Houston as the dark horse. And then number four would be... uh, I'd probably say OKC. Like, I really feel like if he can get Chris Paul in a room and talk, I think they can work something out. But if Victor Lobipo is adamant about leaving... He's gonna have to restart everything from scratch again. I mean, Miles Turner is still, you know, really, really good. Like, I know a lot of people don't talk but like he's really, really good, but not someone that you're going to run your franchise through. No, I think if I had to choose, I probably would put. Honestly, I probably would put Indiana first, and have you know, because I would want to. Make obviously make a run in the East uh, if I'm going to do anything. And uh, obviously, they not only have Miles Turner, but Ma- Malcolm Brogdon, Sabonis. Mm-hmm. You got um, TJ Warren, who yeah. had a nice little, you know, I don't want to say coming out party, but he had a nice little run, I guess. Oh, you don't like that one? <laughs> uh, 
Helen, yeah, put put one. the glass jar back in the office, please. <laughs> um, second, I would say would be uh, probably the Pelicans. Um, I think if they can, I don't know if they would even want to convince Brandon Ingram to come back, but um, I think he'll come back if it's stock coaching. Well, he has. I mean, they have to sign him. He probably don't want a lot of money. He's a weirdo, I think personally, but. I, th- I think he'll actually try to come back for a discount. He's like, I mean, if Golden State could do it, I could do it too. <laughs> no. It's just because he's that so weird be, in the head. Yeah, it would be the Pacers, the Pelicans. <sighs> then I probably would say OKC with or without Chris Paul. I don't yeah. think it would matter. Um, and then would be the 76ers and then the Rockets. The Rockets would definitely be last on my list. Um, obviously, he would get a chance to play with you know Coach's son. Obviously, that would be pretty cool, but with so much money tied to James Harden and Russell Westbrook and not having any other bigs, you know, like, yes, they have some older bigs on their roster, but I don't know. Well, Can and rem- Rivers- remember what I said, though, because you talked about how it, this could be the end of Daryl Morey, and I said about two years. So if he was to go to Houston... And he, of course, meaning Doc Rivers, that will start that clock. I don't know. I personally think Daryl Morey's time should have ended already. I mean, he's been the GM for about 13 years now. Um, and uh, Was it really granted, that long? No, no, it wasn't. It was eight years. We're going to have to consult with Chris on that one. I feel like he started in 2006. Seven. Oh God, I hate him so much sometimes. Because <laughs> I mean, remember all those years? He's actually yeah, thirteen years. It's been thirteen years. And granted, we've made the heck out of the playoffs. Yep. Like we've made the heck out of the playoffs. Um, but it's like, how many coaches is this guy gonna go through before? He gets he gets the axe, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Moneyball. Moneyball. I understand. I understand completely. But we're not doing moneyball right now. We're not. It's like, this isn't moneyball. This is, hey, we got James Harden. It was moneyball. Like we put all our money into James Harden, and then we got a whole bunch of role players. It was cool. But then you added that second star in Chris Paul initially. Oh, no, and excuse me, in Dwight Howard. Then you get Chris Paul. Then you get Russell Westbrook. Now it's like it's like a whole different ball game. And now you got two people making 40-something million dollars. You got a couple of people who I think, although they still can play basketball, they're kind of beyond their, I want to say, Prime. I just think it's a tough spot, Doc. Don't do it. <laughs> you see, like, folks, I was able to get Doc to talk about the Rockets. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's like, don't do it. But I want him to do it so bad. It's like, I really want him to coach. But it's like, that's why I say he's number three on my list. Oh my God. But we'll see what happens. Folks, we're, we're going to be right back with more Debate Amongst Friends right after this. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, 
football week three NFL, um, which should be coming at you live. Wow. I can't believe you did that. Too. Because it sounded uh, like it was, you was doing I that. Know. Okay. I was just making sure. I'm going to live. No, I got it. Uh, now, week three, um, NFL. Should it be should be preseason? Yeah, this is pretty this much the end of preseason. Year. This is the year that they're going to probably go back and say, you know that time we said we weren't going to have preseason games? Yeah. Yeah, we we're going to need to have preseason. We should probably rethink that and at least go three games. So many injuries, 26, 25, and 22 22 players on certain teams lead the league in injuries. Uh, I think it was the Broncos, 49ers, and Jets um, really, really getting hammered uh, by injuries. Uh, But let's talk about the number one overall pick, Joey Burrows, the Bengals versus the Eagles. Carson Wentz still on the field, not hurt just yet. Um, but he is being Very callous. <laughs> and, uh, hey, listen, come on now. Uh, that guy, they call him Mr. Glass. Wow. Uh, 29 for 47, 225, a TD and two picks, which is yes, pretty uh, bad. Um, people are saying that. Well, Joe Burrow, 31 for 44, 312 yards, two touchdowns. I set him on my bench. Of course. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> because I had Kyler Murray versus the Lions, um, which, like I said, both of them had a good it, matchup. Yeah. I mean, I felt okay with it. Um, this game ended in a tie, first tie of the year, and a lot of people are screaming, oh, my God, we need to bench him. Where is Nick Foles? Oh, wait, he's in Chicago. And he's also – Starting now, <laughs> we'll get to, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, but what the heck is going on with the Eagles? They're oh two and one now. Um, obviously, Carson Wentz. I don't know if I can say that's not working, but eventually they're going to be calling for Jalen Hurts to get the start. Um, I think that will probably happen if he continues to have this type of production. Um, I think I we forgot that Deshaun Jackson was even on the scene. Yeah, but he was hurt last year. That's why. Yeah. No, and yet think about it like this too. A lot of their uh, receivers came back from injury from last year. They didn't get a chance to really find any gel as well too. And we given Carson Wentz a few seasons of passes. So I think now is when we really need to, <clears throat> we really need to look critical beyond just people in Philadelphia. Um. To start saying, is this the person that they want going forward? Now, I feel like it might be too soon hmm. to try to flip the switch over to Jalen Hurts. But if Carson Wentz have like a three-pick game, and like Doc likes hmm. to mention from last year, if they're all his fault, I don't have a problem with that. Right. But if it's, it's going based on the numbers, yeah. it's going to have been tipped past easily. Exactly. So yeah. we have to look at it based off of that. We can't just look at it, oh, well, he has two picks. You know, it's time to switch to Jalen Hurts. Okay, well, how many of them were tip drills? How many of them was, True. you know, the receiver yeah. running the wrong route? Yeah. You know, like, like it could be the most minute things that can happen, but people are just looking yeah. at just, it's too soon to flip the switch. Plus, I already said at the beginning of the season, the NFC East is trash. T A. Yes. Wait. 
no, you get, I get it. I, I think it's that's true. You make a valid point, and I'm going to give you that one. Um, I do think that o two and one is a little unacceptable. Yes, um, I think we have gave Carson Wentz a few passes. There's only so many, so many more passes that he can get. No, it's uh, I'm happy that. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm happy that Miles Sanders at least is doing well for my fantasy team. Um, but uh, I'm interested to see how this goes on. I know Philly is a tough place, um, one in which you can't do bad for a very long time. Yes. And um, eventually they're going to have to make a move. Now, with the Bengals, I'm still waiting for newly extended Joe Mixon to show up. Not going to happen. Um, I would have expected – um, with Joe Burrows actually passing a little bit better now, uh, even though he had to throw 44 times, um, I expect Joe Mixon to actually have better gains than this. 49 yards, I'm sure a lot of um, fantasy owners are probably like, what the heck, Joe? Wait, first of all, why did you pick Joe Mixon on your fantasy? Well, last year he played pretty well. And he's the lone back. <laughs> Like, right now, he's the lone back. I mean, nobody else had a carry. It was just him. Yeah. That's pretty sad. Yeah, it's also sad, sad that, they only, that they only ran the ball 17 times also. That's not good at all. Um, and it looks like they're still trying to squeeze A.J. Green in here. Um, but he's just not clicking either. It might be time to cut that bait as well. Yeah, I think that's more on just creating that dynamic. You know, and it goes back to what I was saying with the Eagles, like just creating that dynamic. Um, plus, AJ Green was hurt too. If I am so, like, it's too soon. It's still technically preseason, okay. although it's technically not. Like, let's, let's keep let's keep that same energy here. Let's, yeah. let's go with that. Let's go with that narrative here. Does that mean? Uh oh. And I want I want to know. Uh oh. It's just if it's just preseason and we're here and. I mean, I'm just trying to find out here. And you just let me know. Maybe I'm let you know. On this. I will let you, you know. know. If it's just preseason, mm-hmm. are we giving Dan Quinn a pass right now? Because his Falcons have struggled so bad. Percentage-wise, he gets 90% of the blame. Yikes. Because the problem is, this is not the way that they've been losing, but the pattern's been there since last season. No, that's true. So I think it's been there since they lost that Super Bowl. Thank you. I was going to say that. I was just about to say that. It's been there since they lost that Super Bowl. So they've been in a Super Bowl hangover since... That loss. Yeah, and it's been kind of rough. Like it's almost time to uh, end the Matt Ryan show. Also, see, that's the problem though, because Matt Ryan still gets numbers. This isn't like another team where they're just always coming back, and this person's getting great stats. But like he's getting numbers still. He's not really getting a lot of numbers. I mean, no. Nineteen for thirty-eight, two thirty-eight, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, the, the previous game, you know, obviously he played better. Yes, um, but I don't think he's doing like great. He's kind of looking like Matt Schaub out here right now. 
speaking of a match job, (laughs) the Bears decided to make the switch midway in the game. They said, Gimme Vaughn. They said, Rick Vaughn, no, Nick Falls. Who put on magic? Who put on magic. So much magic that they said, we like the young guy, but the old guy, well, he's consistent, he's accurate, and hey, he can help us win a game. And he got Jimmy Graham involved, which even Aaron Rodgers couldn't do. Yeah, (laughs) I I think that was still more about the playbook, though, than Aaron Rodgers there. Um, But, I mean, Nick Foles, obviously... Came in, he did his, he did what he's supposed to do. Yep, um, sixteen for twenty nine. Which even throwing twenty nine passes after Trubisky threw twenty two passes is a lot. Yep, uh, one eighty eight, three touchdowns, one interception. The run game seems to be lacking there. Um, I don't know what's going on. I haven't watched any Bears game, but obviously Allen Robinson is still showing up. And as I mentioned, the aforementioned Jimmy Graham six catches for sixty yards. Yes. Um, well, and and that's more like a lot of those stats with the receiving yards is more when. Nick Foles was playing like he's bombing it out there. Yeah, you know, it's just something that I think it has been lacking for the Cowboys, uh, the uh, the Bears offense. I was about to say Chicago. No, I saw it C and I whatever, Um, which is a vertical threat. And the problem with uh, Trubisky was he wasn't accurate throwing it uh, twenty plus yards down the field, but Doc. I said this before the season started, though. I said this wasn't a matter of if, but a matter of when they were going to make this switch. Well, it kind of hurts them because of, I think it only hurts because of how Trubisky was drafted. Yes. Have they, have they not moved? Is that GM uh, fired for the Bears? Do we know? I don't know. I think the problem is you move up, right? Mm-hmm. Over Mahomes, over even Deshaun Watson. Heck, over. Uh, let's go down here. You could have took a lot of these quarterbacks that that weren't even. Let's go down a little further. No, I don't want to go that further. I'm just looking. Actually, even. CJ Pethard yep. <laughs> plays better. And he was drafted in the third round. They could have drafted CJ Pethard in the third round and still would have got better production than freaking freaking Joshua Dobbs. And I think Dobbs played horrible for Pittsburgh. And he would have gave them better production than Trubisky. And that's the problem is that he traded up to get Trubisky over Mahomes and over Watson. It was one of the biggest mistakes ever. Think about it like this. You could have had Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Jamal Adams, Christian McCaffrey. You took Mitchell Trubisky over the human fantasy football machine, Christian McCaffrey. That's why you look foolish egg in the face big egg in the face 
but I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on that. The Bears are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook each time. But this time we're not. Trubisky is is going down, and now we have to move on to them boys. Yep. Um, who played the Seahawks this week? Uh, Cowboys versus Seahawks. Really a game of the week. A really big game, or I would say one of the games of the week. I think the Seahawks and Cowboys. I feel like they pencil this game in every year. Uh, for them to play. I feel like they just say, no, Cowboys and Seahawks are going to play every single year. I don't care how we have to do this, but they're going to play every year. It's always a great game. I personally feel like, I'm going to start with the Cowboys, that Dak is playing out of his mind. Okay. Um, ever since this franchise tag, I felt like Dak said, you know what? I want the I want the bag. I want the money. I'm gonna show you why you should pay me. I'm I i have not seen anyone ever throw 57 passes. I've, I'm gonna just put that out there. I don't remember ever seeing 50, 50 plus passes, like close to 60 some passes like this. Personally, maybe it, it has happened, but 57 passes is a lot of passes. That's fair. And, and I need Ezekiel to really step it up. Like, what in the world is going on with these running backs these days? I mean, he's obviously just too busy admiring his feed me tattoo on his stomach. Wow. 14 carries is not enough, though. I will say that. It's not enough. Stop. Like, come on. Come on, Ezekiel. Um, but let's go over to the Seahawks. Obviously, Russell Wilson, MVP candidate early. Uh, five touchdowns on this game. Yep. I think Russell always plays well. Same 14 carries for Chris Carson, who actually outgained Ezekiel. Who's also out with injury as well, too. We hope he uh, recovers. Which is pretty sad. Um, obviously, we had a DK Metcalf fumble at the goal line. Uh, was it? He basically pulled a uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that was kind of rough. Uh, young young player mistake. He won't be doing that again. No. He'll probably be mad and diving into the end zone. <laughs> but uh, he still uh, walked Tyler out Lockett. of it with 110. You know, Tyler Lockett yeah. was killing them. Yeah. Yeah, he did kill him, actually. Uh, he actually won me 50 cents in DraftKings. Make sure you gamble responsibly. <laughs> Thank you for putting that in there. <laughs> um, yeah, I knew. I knew Tyler Lockett was going to destroy him. I put him in there, and yeah, I won 50 cents. But make sure you gamble responsibly. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, obviously this was a defensive game um, to an extent. Oh, I was like. I mean, holding both running backs under 70 yards is, is defensive to me. Um, I always go more towards the run defense and the pass defense because that's what I'm used to. Um, I think when you force a quarterback to have to pass, um, I think the defense is pretty much doing their job. However, um, obviously, Russell was just better than Dak Well, and it speaks more about the Cowboys' uh, secondary as well, which has been their Achilles heel for like the past four seasons, I believe. Yeah. It's been have, pretty I suspect heard. for about four seasons. Like, they were getting torched. I heard from some cowboy fans that it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Yeah. But I got nothing. I mean, the cowboys are who we thought they were. And they're gonna continue to be that way. So 
It is what it is, folks. Absolutely right. But the Seahawks, I mean, this is their division to win. True. True. This is their Especially division the to win. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was your your week of them boys. Uh, let's move on to another game here. Um, my Tampa Bay Bucks traveled to Denver to the Mile High to get a little uh, altitude, I guess, a little altitude adjustment. <laughs> Talk about an attitude adjustment with Tom Brady <laughs> dropping three TDs on them. It was like he never left. Right. I mean, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I expected, you know, some, I guess, some issues, right? You know, so I, I've been keeping quiet. You know, mm-hmm. I've been just yeah, you have. Quiet, uh, you have, because yeah, I was going to ask you a question about this, but I'm going to let you, you're probably going to answer it anyway, so please. You know, I've been, I've been keeping quiet. I haven't really said anything because, you know, I, I'm waiting, you know, for the team to gel. And I, I said this um, first game, hey, we're, we're getting a little Carson Wentz out of our system. Uh, you know, game two was like, okay. We played great one drive week one. Now let's put a half together, which they did last week. Mm-hmm. And then this week we took it to three quarters and we played a great three quarters. I'll say of football. Now I assume next week and beyond we'll start playing four quarters of football. Now the one thing that I've noticed that I, that I know that we're still like literally practicing plays in the game you can tell because we're freaking passing on third and one. And I'm like, what the heck are we doing? Like we have Leonard Fournette who I can't see him being stopped multiple times on third and one. Like let's get him the ball and let's stop playing. But we didn't do that. We only actually ran the ball only but a certain, a few, a few, few times, really only 20 yeah, 25, times. 25, uh, I'm not counting those five by Brady. Uh, <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not counting those. Come on. I mean, the them? statistician, they count them. No, I think those are. I don't and know then 20 are. tops then. The 20 tops then. <laughs> yeah, that's, I can't believe they put that on there. Um, but I think the team weapons aren't as. Like right now, it doesn't show as explosive, I think, as people expected it to be. Um, but. They're still gelling. Yes. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens. Um, the defense really played very well uh, as a whole. Um, there were some things that I would like to see better. Okay. Um, but as a whole, they played pretty well. But shout out to the, the Broncos. I felt that they they tried. Um, and this is what I'm, I'm talking about as far as shutting down a run game. Was that our, our friend? It was. Oh, wow, he's so consistent. He's so- <laughs> um, there he goes. He's going home to watch Doc and Prof. <laughs> um, but shutting down a run game, you know, that's what we do. Obviously, holding Melvin going to 26 yards. Driscoll, those three carries count, 14 yards, because he definitely ran. Um, and any other running backs tried but failed miserably. Um, but not giving up the big play, I think, was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, we got about five or six sacks. I thought that was pretty good. We only gave up two sacks. And I know uh, we were, you know, people were questioning the offensive line for the Bucks uh, in the offseason. 
but it, it just showed that they are okay. Brady's getting the ball out, and we're actually moving the football. Mm-hmm. I'll say give it another week or two, and we should really be clicking, and this should be, like, really, really fun. Um, I mean, think about it like this. Mike Evans had two receptions for two yards for two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, just think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. So I really believe that if not this week, as I do see that Gronkowski starting to get some catches. Yep. Next week might be the perfect week to add him back to your fantasy team. Mike Evans or Rob Gronkowski? Gronkowski. I can see but that. Mike Evans. Mike Evans still got <clears> two <throat> touchdowns, even though it was, you know, two catches. I mean, no two touchdowns. That's at least 16 points at least, which is, you know, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's perfectly um, fine. But Gronk getting those catches and actually getting looks, especially with if Chris Godwin's hamstring, if he's out again. Yeah. I, th- I think Gronk is about to be back. And let me go see if he's on there right now. I mean, <laughs> I think this was a great preseason finale for the Bucks. It showed exactly. a lot of the things that you was mentioning from the first week, uh, which was for them to develop that, that you know, gel uh, that bond between quarterback to receiver, uh, Scotty Miller. I mean, he's he's quickly becoming one of my favorite Buccaneers for this season so far. Whenever I see him go down the field, I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be good." <laughs> I can understand that. I think that um, I personally feel like Scotty because he was there last year. I mean, yep. I, I just think that he didn't really get the time to shine. I mean, that third and fourth receiver, you think about it, Mike Evans, you had Chris Godwin, then you had Rashad Perriman, then it was Scotty Miller. So yep. Actually, it was you know, O.J. Howard, then it was Scotty Miller. And then I felt O.J. didn't really fit in last year. That's why it was kind of <laughs> weird with, um, with Jameis. I, I think that it's one of those things where, you know, I don't want to pull a, I don't want to pull a blame on Jameis because I know there's some big no. Jameis fans out there and they're still holding on to. I don't know, man. Idea. I mean, I think he just needs to get his own house in there before he starts uh, arguing about Jameis. <laughs> That's all I gotta say there. I agree. I, I don't know what the heck is going on, but I just know that some people just believe that Jameis can deserve. do no harm apparently. But yeah, let's get to our last game. Last game. Monday night football. Chief Ravens, which I also think is another game, obviously, that's going to be on the radar, on on the schedule every year. We'll probably see it every single year. Uh, that's Chiefs versus Ravens. Oh, absolutely. Um, this is, this is, this is uh, Manning Brady. Yeah, this is it right here. I think I said that a year ago, actually. See that, uh, but it's more exciting, a little more exciting, though, honestly. Yeah, this one was a lot more exciting. Um, I felt like Patrick Mahomes decided he wanted to shine. I mean, it's not like he decided, he just decided to just do it anyway. Uh, he wanted to shine, um, of course. Stories after the game was uh, the Ravens defense was afraid of Patrick. It's like, stop it, that's stupid. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, uh, Drew for 42, completed 31 for 385 and four TDs, no picks. I mean, fantasy-wise, if you needed Patrick Mahomes to help you win your fantasy for the week, 
There you go. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a pretty good sighting, 64 yards, uh, 20 carries. Um, I mean, this was this is the type of game that we would expect from the Chiefs. Like this is them, you know, getting whatever little kinks out of their little out of their system, and they're ready to rock and roll. Um, and the Chiefs' defense was impeccable. I, I they was able to uh, bracket down Lamar Jackson um, in the air. Uh, he only completed 15 passes for only 97 yards. I mean, if you can do that with the uh, type of um, weapons that they have, it looked like Mark Andrews was actually a little hobbling, so he might we might need to pay attention to that. I didn't see anything for an injury report after the game. Um, but he has a lot of weapons, and he wasn't able to really utilize it. So, you know, big kudos to the Chiefs defense right there. No, definitely. I agree. Um I just think that they had Lamar's ticket. Yeah. Um, I mean, this know, this is exactly what we kind of seen with Brady Manning. Like, this is kind of what, you know, the defense will have to show up to be able to neutralize, as we like to say, uh, the opposing quarterback. And we saw that on Monday night. Yeah, he just, they just had a ticket. And uh, it's just one of those things where you have to show – Show appreciation for football. I mean, it, it was what it was. It was you know? what it was. It was what it was. Exactly. Um, but um, that's football this week. You know, um, we'll have to see. Hopefully, week four is just as exciting. And um, hopefully, the, the Bucks can keep rolling. That's all I can really say about that. Yeah, boy. Absolutely. And we'll be right back with the two-minute drill right after this. Every week, we like to do what's called the two-minute drill, where we go over stories and headlines that we didn't get a chance to cover during the show. Uh, This week, we had the unfortunate passing of former Chicago Bears running back Gail Sayers, um, who passed away last week after our show. Uh, We definitely wish him and his family our condolences. Prof? October baseball is back. Doc, I'm looking for senior October because Major League Baseball postseason begins. Back to you, Doc. Yikes. Two days away. Um, Apparently, news broke out that Delonte West, um, former NBA player, was out in the streets, unfortunately suffering from hard times. Um, Rumor has it, the story goes, that Mark Cuban actually picked West up at a gas station and took him to rehab in Florida. Uh, Where it was in Florida, yeah, it was in Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the National Hockey League Stanley Cup in six games. They shut out the Dallas Stars 2 0 in the deciding game. And the last two here that I have, Jermaine Curse, former wide receiver of the Seahawks, has retired after eight seasons. And also wanted to give a quick congratulations to Philip Rivers uh, for throwing his 400th touchdown and eclipsing the 60,000 passing yard for career. And that is all we have for today's show. Be sure to tune in next week. 
for more analysis, more reads, and the debate. Yay! Thank you for listening to Debate Amongst Friends. Give us a follow on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also listen to all of our Debate Amongst Friends podcasts here on Anchor, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. And like we always say, goodbye, and to all, a good night. LESG.